0: We're finishing up a series that we started just uh, just two weeks ago called Building Blocks. And what we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, if you haven't been with us or you haven't had an opportunity to watch online, is what we're talking about these, these foundational blocks that, that, that make up the, the, the basis on which we, we frame our lives as, as followers of Christ. And we started in, in the first week of the series and we said that man, that, that for, for followers of Christ, that there should be this this deep passionate, abiding love for God that, that influences and impacts and affects every other element or, or a facet of, uh, of our lives. And then last week, we, we used the, the window and being a Lego themed series, we, we, we had our Lego window. and We talked about the different types of, of interactions that we have with, with other people. That That we need people who know us and know our secrets, and people that we can confide in and that will confide in us and that we can be open with and that we can learn from and, and we talked about the value of being in in biblical community and like Pastor Jones already said this morning that the best way that we feel to have biblical community is to be part of a, a small group here at Fusion. We call those connect groups, and we 'd love you to be to be part of one of those and then, and then today those those two elements I mean. Redirect a little bit. Those two elements: love God and and love people. Those are the two foundational blocks that that Jesus gave us. When when he was asked, "What's the most important thing?" He said, "Well, there's kind of two really important things, and they're connected. You should love God, and you should love people. Those are the two directives from Jesus himself." And, and then. It, for, for the for the us here at Fusion we have kind of this this third element that's um it's kind of like the it's kind of like the finishing piece. Everything that Jesus said is complete. That's, that's our directive. Love God, love people. But there's something that just makes this this Christian life man, it just makes it cool. And it makes it fun and it makes it rewarding and it gives us a a purpose. Uh, when we were talking about this and thinking about it as a staff and kind of talking about the direction of the series and we were trying to think about like a way that we could demonstrate like just what is like this, that thing that makes it extra cool. Uh, I was reminded of one of my, my fondest memories as a kid was building Lego sets with my dad. Now that's what we did. We'd go to my grandparents' house and I had these big bucket of Lego and we would we'd build stuff together. And then my favorite, I had one favorite Build that the dad and I did together, and it is now affectionately referred to as Lego sixty nine eighty or the Galactic Cruiser. It looks, looks like this. Um, that's it. Lego has come a long way since I was nine, nine. Uh, um, but, but this, this is what look it looked like. like, and I loved this thing. thing. It, it was the most. most dad, you remember this? You remember? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Dad's, dad's nodding his head like this is this was such a cool thing, thing. and it's like it's this cool space deal right like, like I, like, I love the idea like flying through I was a huge Star Wars fan like still am so like flying through space and having lasers on the front of your galactic cruiser like it's just awesome to me right but but there's like you can build that whole thing you can put it all together but but if you don't have the like, if you don't have the lasers on the front if you don't have the little clear red and yellow pieces on the front then you got no lasers right and like I, I could fly this thing all around my, my grandparents house like pretending to shoot down you know enemy fighters or whatever but you can't do that if you don't have the finish these are the last pieces to go on the red and the yellow on the front right and uh and this this thing was so cool like it was so ahead of its time this lego build it actually separates into three different pieces so the like the fighter part comes off on the front so we can go out and like kill bad guys Right, and, and then you, you got like the little kind of kind you know, unit, in you unit, unit, unit in the middle, just kind of holds it all together. But, but then you got, got like your, your tech booth. It's, it's like the like, like like guys that there behind the, the soundboard. Like sound our tech booth back there, we got the, the sound, the sound techs, and the, the media techs, and media text the, text the, 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 the lighting, and the camera guys, and everything. Like we got all that going on back there. Like we got our own in the Galactic Cruiser from Lego 6980, affectionately known as the Galactic Cruiser. Like we had all. It was awesome. It was so much fun, but it wasn't nearly as fun. Not the lasers on like the finishing piece. And so today I want to want to share with you what I believe is the it's, it's the finishing piece
1: to, to our faith.
0: We are called to to passionately love God and we are called to fervently love people. But but unless unless service and serving and generosity it is a part of who we are as followers of christ we 're missing that final piece that really makes this life a lot of fun. It really makes it matter and it makes it worth it so what, what I want to do for uh, for the, our time together today is I want to focus in on this on this significance that we can that we can miss out on if we don't have a this awareness in our lives of always being on the lookout for opportunities to to serve people. And and I hope, I'll show us what what Jesus said about serving, but but I want to set it up actually with another story. So I told you the cool Lego story about my childhood um, because I believe that when we think about this idea of serving, that there are are opportunities in our life that we miss. And, And I know that for a lot of us, there have probably been moments in your life that were going to be significant later that you might not have realized in the moment. All of us have those life-changing moments, don't we? Those things where where it's never gonna be the same. Everything is gonna be different from this moment forward. And I think that as we, we need to be aware as much as we're able of of the power of moments. One of the, the most powerful moments in my life um, I'll, I'll set the stage for you. Um, it is a, say beautiful, but cold February night. Stars are glorious, man. They're so clear, you can see them, you could, you could count them, you could point them out. It was a gorgeous night. And I'm standing beside of a, a, a pond it's so still that it looks like the moon is both above you and below you. It's, it's a perfect night. And I'm there in this gazebo next to a pond under this beautiful sky and this still water pond to ask the woman of my dreams to marry me. And so... Um, I, I go and I pick her up, and we we head out to to this this pond, this gazebo, and say, "Hey, let's, let's just go over to the let's go over to the to the gazebo." She was in college at the time. She's like, "Brian, I don't have time for this. I got homework. I got stuff that I got to do." And I was like, "If if we can like I was getting ready to go away to like a new duty station in the Marine Corps. And I was like, "Hey, if we can just spend a few minutes together out by the pond, I, I think that'd be nice." I, I don't have time. Can we just like? Can we just stay here? Like just you know whatever. Like she's she's frantic because she got homework to do, and so I finally begrudgingly get her in the car and we drive down to the pond and we get out at the the pond and like all right, I got my lines ready. Like I've rehearsed it all. I got it all in my head. Like we're going to walk out to the gazebo. Brian, there is goose poop everywhere. I'm gonna get it all over my shoes. It's cold out here. Oh my God! Can we just go back to the house? I don't have time for this. I got homework to do. It's cold out here. There's goose poop everywhere. What are we doing? Can we just, can we just go? And I'm like, uh, if we just, if I can just have like just just ten minutes, maybe. Like, can we just spend ten minutes under the beautiful moonlight and the stars? Can we just have a minute? So I piggyback carry her because nothing is romantic, nothing is more romantic than a piggyback ride. So I'm like, you know, what? and we finally get out to the gazebo and, and, we, and we, we get up onto the, onto the little platform and walk up the stairs, and she, she's just complaining just constant it's cold I don't have them on and on like you know you know how women get no you know you don't that's that's next series we'll talk about that next series um but anyway like so all this like it's just it's this everything is not going well now like I said I've rehearsed my lines I know what I want to say and now even now I'm a professional communicator I wasn't at the time Like, I talk for a living now. I'm good at talking. And I had it all planned out. And here's what I was going to say. Hey, look, I'm headed off to to a new duty station. But I want the relationship with my woman back home to be stronger than a Marine coming home to see his girlfriend. I want the strength of a relationship of a Marine coming home to see the woman that's going to one day be his wife. Aaron, will you be my wife? That's what I was going to say. That's what I intended to say. But she's complaining, and she's cold, and I'm frustrated, and I have ADD. So I said, I don't want to come home and see a girlfriend anymore. <laughs> to, to, to which she looked at me like you would expect her to look like, What are you, what, what, are you breaking up with me? And I was like, no, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, and I stuttered and I stumbled and I eventually just, look, there's a ring. Like, I don't, like, what, you wanna? Like, I don't, whatever. Like, I don't know what, like, it was awful. It was awful. And the reason that it was awful is because she had no idea the power of that moment that it was gonna forever change her life and mine because we were gonna get engaged and eventually we were gonna get married. And this was the moment it was gonna set all of that up. And of no fault of her own, she had no idea that this was coming, she missed it. She missed the power of a moment because she was preoccupied with things that at that time Felt way more important than hanging out with her boyfriend at a gazebo on a cold night with a goose poop when there's homework to be done. And she missed it. Again, not her fault. But she missed the power, of the moment. The same thing happened to Jesus' disciples. Most of you know Jesus had these 12 men that, that were devoted to him and followed him as a, uh, they were his disciples. They considered him a rabbi and a teacher. And, so they would follow Jesus but, and they were gonna miss the significance of a moment, much more egreg- egregiously than my dear wife, mind you. And this is what happened. Mark chapter nine, verses 30 through 32. It says, they went on from there and passed through Galilee And he, me and Jesus, he did not want anyone to know for he was teaching, he was teaching his disciples saying to them, watch what he says. Watch this, don't miss what they missed. The son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of men and they're, they're gonna kill him. And when he is killed, After three days, he will rise. But they did not understand the saying and were afraid to ask him. So don't miss this. Jesus just told them about the crucifixion, his death, and his resurrection. And they're like, uh, I mean, we don't get it, but a little too scared to ask what's going on. There is no more powerful moment that has ever existed in humanity than the the day that Jesus died to cover the, the sins and the guilt and the iniquity of humanity. And he just told them that that's about to happen and they missed it. He told them that he was gonna be dead and come back to life three days later to prove that he had power over death and all of nature. And they missed it. Now, what in the world could be so much more important to them in that moment, like my wife's homework and the temperature was more important than the proposal that she didn't know was happening, granted. But Jesus told them what's about to happen. And they still missed it. And here's what they were more concerned about in that moment than what Jesus just said. Look at the next verse, verse 33. And they came to Capernaum. And when he was in the house, he asked them, hey, hey, what were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent, you know, because they're gonna keep secrets from Jesus. They kept silent for on the way, They had argued with one another about who was the greatest. So Jesus lays out for them the gospel, that I'm going to die for the sins of humanity, that I'm going to be in a grave for three days, and I'm going to come back to life. And they're like, oh, that's cool. And they're having an argument about which one of them is more great than the other. They are more preoccupied with who they think is the greatest among them than they are with the gospel that would change humanity Forever, eternity past and eternity future. They they, they missed it because they were more concerned about who was great among them. And so Jesus, Jesus settles the argument, right? All right, fine. You guys are having, you missed the gospel because you're arguing about great. So let me tell you about greatness. And here's what he says. Verse 35. So he sits down, so he's got like kind of a calm posture. And Jesus is going to do some teaching now. He's going to disciple these disciples because that's what it means. So he sat down and he called the 12 and he said to them, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. If you want to be great, you want to be first, then you got to become a servant. You gotta, if you want to be first, got to put yourself in... Last place. And, you know, so Jesus, he corrects them and all their, their teaching and all their bad understanding about what it means to be great. And, you know, just like your children, I mean, they get it the first time. Like he only has to tell them once and they're like, oh yeah, and then they completely change. And they understand it and they get it right the absolute first time. They never have to be told again. They go on and perfectly serve all of people for the rest of their No, that's not what happens at all, because they're disciples, they're they're men, they're fouled, they're flawed, just like you and I. And so in the very next chapter, in chapter 10, Jesus is, he tells them the same thing again. He tells them about his death, that he's gonna, even in more detail, he tells them that he's gonna be arrested, that he's gonna be put on trial, that he's gonna be crucified, that he's gonna be killed, that he's gonna stay in the grave for three days, and then he's gonna rise again. And they're like, that's cool. Um, But back to what we were talking about, and then James and John, two of Jesus' best friends, by the way, they corner him. They, they, they kind of get Jesus off by himself, by, by himself. And they're like, "Hey, Jesus, like when well, you said that when you come back to life that you're gonna like set up a kingdom here on earth, we want you to we want you to promise to do something for us, and we want you to say yes before we ask." Which is like, don't kids? Do kids do this, right? You guys, you guys ever have kids that do this? Hey, hey, Dad, will you say yes, and then I'm gonna tell you what I want? No. No, I'm not doing that. And Jesus doesn't do that either because this is a, a very childish request. But, but, but James and John, they say, "Hey Jesus, we, we want you to promise us something and we want you to say yes before we ask. And he's like, look, just ask your question. And here's what they want. That they want for Jesus to make them number two and number three in the kingdom. Hey, Jesus, when you set up your kingdom here on earth and you're the king, so you're number one, But we want to be number two and number three. Would you grant our request that one of us would sit on your right hand and one of us would sit on your left left side? And Jesus is like, man, you don't even know what you're asking for. You have no clue about the request that Jesus made, because you have no understanding of the kingdom, basically. But but by this time, all of the other disciples have figured out that James and John have got Jesus over by himself, and they hear, they overhear the request that James and John make to be the greatest in Jesus' new kingdom, and they get a little bit upset, as you might suspect that they would. Let's keep reading together in Mark chapter 10, verses 41 through 45. And when the 10 heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John and Jesus called them to him and said to them, you know, those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles, they lord it over them. And their great ones exercise authority over them. But, I mean, y'all remember cause and effect? We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Cause and effect. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great, you want to be great? You want to be great? Here's how you do it. Whoever would be great among you must be your what? Give me this word. It's your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be, what's this word? Slave of all. For even the son of man, even me, even Jesus, as he's speaking, he says, even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. So, so there's your answer for how to be great. You gotta be a servant. You wanna be great? You wanna, you wanna feel fulfilled? You wanna feel like your, your life has meaning, like it matters, like you have purpose? If, if you wanna feel significant in this life, your significance is tied to your serving, to your willingness To serve, Christian, the, the word Christian, it just, it simply means Christ follower, Christ one. And Paul told the churches that he planted, follow me as I follow Christ. And how do we follow Christ? We are conformed to the image of God's son. How do we do it? How do we be like Jesus? We serve. We don't expect to be served. You're never more like Jesus than when you serve. His life was devoted to service. You're never more like Jesus than when you're serving someone else. Inside of a moment is the potential for greatness and significance. In an instant, you can choose significance or you can miss it all together. What Jesus did in all of his power and his might, what did he come to do? came to be a servant. Because this is the truth, and you should write this down. Serving unlocks your significance. If you want to matter, If you want your life to be characterized by purpose and fulfillment, serving unlocks your significance. And and one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible is John chapter 10, verse 10, where Jesus said that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that they they may have life and to have it to the full to have it abundantly, to have life in abundance. And life in abundance is not great health and large bank accounts. It's not about health and wealth. The abundant life is one that matters because it's filled with purpose. Like you're accomplishing something that matters, that is significant. And for some of you in the room and for some of you watching along at home, the thing that stands between you and your ability to experience the fullness of life is your lack of willingness to serve. I believe that there are two things that unlock the fullness of life, generosity and service. They're cousins. It's giving of yourself for the betterment of another person. It's a willingness to serve and to give of yourself for someone else. I mean, think about it this way. If you only exist for you, What good are you to the kingdom? If you are a follower of Christ, part of his kingdom, called and commissioned by Christ himself to make his name more famous and to increase his glory in the places where you live, learn, work, and play, if you exist only for you and for your good, then what good are you to the kingdom? What is God accomplishing through You, if all of the talents and abilities and resources and provision that God has given you goes only for you. You don't have a purpose other than fulfilling yourself. And unless we serve something bigger and and, and greater than ourselves, then our lives are going to feel empty. You're going to miss out on the abundance of life that Jesus talked about. So today, I just want you to see the example and the command from Christ to to serve, to serve people. And as I've already said, I'll say it again just for repetition and emphasis. For some of you, an unwillingness to serve is the locked door between you and significance, between you and the abundant life. So if you don't know where to start, you're like, okay, I get it. I give up. You win. I need to serve. I don't know how. Cool. We can help you. That's what the church is for. So I have, I have, I have two tips, two, two practical tips to help you. All right. So, uh, so here's, here's tip number one. The church is a training ground for service. We, we have all of our connect groups, every single session that we meet, we ask our connect groups to go and participate in a community service project of some sort. So if you are part of a group, your group is going to go and serve. So the church is going to serve as the medium and the vehicle to help you go and serve your community because your group is going to go together and serve. That's why we... Ask our groups to do that because we want the church to be a training ground for the thing that unlocks your significance and therefore gives you the abundant life that Jesus promised. Second way is that you have, there are opportunities to serve right here. Right here in the church on Sunday mornings, we are on a, on a three-week rotation. We have a different group of volunteers that, that serve here every week. You can, If you are a tech-minded person, we would love to have you behind our, our tech booth back there. Running cameras, running media. That's the slides that come up on the screen. Stephanie's back there doing a great job for that to this doing a great job of that for us today I'm sure she'd love some help from time to time right we've got a team of three but we'd love to have more that come alongside or if you want to learn the soundboard it's not as scary and hard as it looks that you can do it we'd love to if you're a tech minded person we would love to train you how to how to run and operate sound or operate a camera we've got a we've got a great system here for the technology that allows us to, to present sound and lights and media in this room and at home on our live stream and we can help teach you all of those things we have some great training for that stuff if you are a tech-minded person if you're a generally friendly person you can stand at a door and hand somebody a, a, a connect card as they come in, or you can help to serve coffee. You can help to, to greet people as they're coming in. Like we, we have opportunities. If you just want to stand there and hand people stuff, we got a job for you. There's like, this a church this is a training ground for service. If you like kids or, ba- my gosh, if you love babies, we're about to have 40 of them. Like every woman here is pregnant. They're all pregnant, all of them. We're about, to have, we're about to have 100 babies in the nursery. If you like to rock babies, we could use your help. And then y'all know what babies do? They flip and grow up. Like they just keep getting older. So we got, we got kids that used to be babies that we'd love to introduce you to if you'd love to serve in our children's ministry. We're always, always, always looking for additional volunteers to help in our Fusion Kids Ministry, listen, we we learned at a church strategy conference a whole bunch of years ago, there are three things that'll keep a church from growing. If you don't have enough parking spaces for people to park, which I thought was weird. Um, If you don't have enough seats for people to sit in when they come in here, if they come in and they can't find a seat, it makes them uncomfortable and they'll leave and they'll never come back. And number three, a thriving children's ministry. If your church does not have a good children's ministry, your church will not grow. And we've got one of the best we got one of the best. We have a children's ministry that helps other children's ministry do ministry because ours is one of the best. But we always need more volunteers. And we're growing. We see new faces every single week at Fusion City Church. Most of them come back because we, because we have friendly people out there saying hey to them and handing them coffee and giving them a connect card. Like we, we have all of that stuff. But so, so I think we're going to grow. And we've got a great children's. We need your help. We'd love to have you come and to serve. If you like hanging out with teenagers, we're still doing student ministry. We could use additional volunteers in our student group ministry because those kids just keep getting older. And we got, we're trying to put people in place to minister to them all throughout their lives. If you can sing or play an instrument, we'll let you audition. Because sometimes you think you're better than we do. <laughs> so, but look, the, the, the band is not locked down and, and, and completely exclusive. If you are a musician and you want to be part of the band, we'll let you try out. And we'd love to have you. I know that the band would, would as, as well. But there are opportunities here to, to serve because the, the church, it's, it's a training ground for service. And tip number two, um, if you don't know what to do, look in front of you. Y'all know how I like stuff that rhymes. When you don't know what to do, look in front of you. Sometimes it might not be the like perfect, like this is the thing, like all of my passions and all of my abilities and all of my schedule and everything just perfectly aligns and this is the thing that God is calling. Sometimes it's not the perfect thing for you to do. But look at me, don't do nothing. That's bad English, but good preaching. Don't do nothing. Do do something, serve. Even if it's not the thing that you most love to do, do something. I just told you about all of the opportunities that are here. Now, let me be very clear about this. Service is not limited to or exclusive to the church. It doesn't have to only be done through community service projects or here on Sunday mornings. We want you to be a people who serve people. Look for the opportunities, look for the moments because there are moments that are pregnant with significance that you are unaware of and I don't want you to miss them. Start looking for ways to be generous and to serve other people because serving, serving unlocks your significance. And that significance that's still locked away for some of you is keeping you away from the abundant life that Jesus promised and I want you to experience it. Would you pray with me? Father? God today, as we, we look through the pages of Scripture, into the teachings and interactions of Jesus with His disciples, God would you help us to see and take hold of the thing that they missed? the significance of the moments in which we find ourselves. And though we already know the gospel of your love for humanity, where you would send your son to die for us, that three days later he would come back to life demonstrating that he has both covered our sin and conquered death on our behalf. God, what a great and beautiful story. We know that story. And God, for many of us in the room, we've, we've taken hold of that. And we, we live our lives now in response to what has been done on our behalf through your son, Jesus. But God, there are more moments in our lives right now that hold significance for us. And those moments, the thing that stands between us and that, that, that sense of fulfillment and purpose is our willingness to give of ourselves for the good of someone else. So God, would you make us a generous and a serving people? Would you make us last? Would you make us slaves? Would you make us servants of all so that we, God, could experience the greatness of belonging to the kingdom of Christ? Father, help us to be bold in our choices and our decisions and our willingness to serve. We thank you, God, for, for giving us the opportunity to partner with you in what you're doing because as we serve, God, it extends the love that you have for those who need to know it. Thank you, God, for this time, for your word, for the truth, and for most of all, for your son, Jesus, and the hope that we have through him. It's in his name that I pray. Amen and amen.